Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Jason Hammer. Guy Relford, the gun guy, is here. Chris Hammer, El Presidente, is here. Big Nige is out. And gentlemen, I'm looking out the window. It's a beautiful, sunny day in Indianapolis. And Guy, apparently, this is the perfect weather to go down to the Indiana State House and try to lobby for sex being taught to young children. Right, because it's oppressive. It's oppressive. If I can't have my grade school kid, my kindergarten kid, go to school and 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 learn about homosexuality and, and any number of other sexual activities in grade school or kindergarten, that makes me oppressed. That upsets me. That make, makes me want to go downtown on a beautiful afternoon and protest my state legislature. House Bill 1608 was at the Indiana legislature today. The General Assembly hearing House Bill 1608, and the galleries filled up early, Guy. You had people lined up early, camping out, tailgating, and what this bill is, is this bill would prohibit teaching anything sex-related to students in kindergarten through third grade. And somehow, this has turned into Indiana's Don't Say Gay Bill. Yeah, and, and, and I'm trying to get my head around the idea that, that I wake up in the morning and I'm upset about this bill. And, and for me to be upset about this bill, what does that mean my agenda has to be? I, what, what, was, must, what must my agenda be if I'm upset the grade school kids aren't going to be taught about sex? I, I don't understand what the motivation is or what, what, or, or what ca- would cause someone to actually be upset about what this thing is saying. Kindergarten through third grade here. We're not talking about students in Chris's grade. He's a high school senior where you can start to have those discussions and, you know, at the high school level, all right. We're talking about young children, kindergarten through third grade. This bill would prohibit talking about straight sex, gay sex, whatever you want to talk about. It's turned into what they tried to do in Florida because they tried to hijack that by saying it's the don't say gay bill, even though that never appeared at any point in that bill and the word gay never appears anywhere in this bill well that's a good point and that's why i shouldn't have even just mentioned homosexuality because it's about any sexuality uh, what what whatever it might relate to and so uh, again i don't get what the agenda is to be pushing this or to be upset that this bill would prohibit uh, talking to kids that young about sex. I just don't understand what the motivation is. This bill would also require schools to get parental permission for a pronoun change. Okay? So let's just for one moment say that for whatever reason, your kindergartner through third grader, you want them to have different pronouns. I know it's a separate discussion altogether, but just play with me here. Let's just say that's a thing that your child is interested in. The school now has to get the parents' permission. And people are upset about this, too. Right. And again, uh, what's what's the driving force? 
right? Because it, all we're saying here is that a parent ought to be involved in what could be one of the most life-changing decisions a kid will ever make, right? To be able to say, you know what? I don't want to be a him anymore. I want to be a her. Or I don't want to be a her anymore. I want to be a him. Or I want to be a it or a she or whatever it is they decide to do. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm all for, for getting kids autonomy at an early age about teaching them to be self-sufficient. But kindergarten through third grade making that kind of a decision? Right. And the bill simply says, can we have the parents involved in making this decision? And that actually upsets people. I don't get it, Jason. It's a complete mystery to me, other than if there's an agenda here, and you hate to go straight to the indoctrination word, right? The grooming word. But that's where you start leaning if someone's upset about simply involving a parent in that kind of a life-changing decision. I'm wondering how many people that showed up at the state house today, and a couple of them were thrown out. According to Tony Kennett, who follows this stuff closer than anybody and follows it better than anybody, a couple people were thrown out for being ridiculous down there today. I wonder how many of these people have actually read the bill. Right. Not just the protesters, maybe media members too. Because when it was in Florida, there was a lot of media members that carried the water for the it's the don't say gay bill, even though that never, that word never appeared in the bill. Well, it comes back to your original point, which is dead on, which is how many people just read a headline in their newspaper or, or they hear somebody screaming on the sidewalk and they never actually go into the Indiana General Assembly website, some, somewhere I visit three or four times a day and open the actual bill up and see what it does and doesn't do. And, you know, Jason, I testify over at the General Assembly all the time. I've done it half a dozen times already this year. Hell, I spent half my life during the session down there last year trying to get constitutional carry passed. I testify a lot. Invariably, when I testify in committee, before it's a Judiciary Committee or the Education Committee, which I've already testified in front of this year, um, uh, public policy, whatever it might be, I spend half my time explaining to the legislators themselves, not the public, the legislators, what a given bill does and doesn't do, because invariably they're confused. Isn't that kind of sad? It, it, it is a little sad. Now, half of it is ignorance, just not understanding or not or, or being too lazy to go in and really... And I understand they have a lot of bills. There's a lot going on. Right. You know, it's easy for me to concentrate on those bills that I'm you know interested in and that are important to me, and they have a lot more things to look at. So I'll, I'll give them that. So part of it is innocent arrogance, but the other part of it is an agenda. It, it, it's being deliberately obtuse and saying, well, I know what the thing actually says, but I'm going to misportray it to say it does something it really doesn't do because that's the best way to kill it, which is to cause that kind of confusion. That's what we battle in constitutional carry every uh, for months, for years. If people come, well, constitutional carry, let anybody carry a gun anywhere, anytime. And I just stand there and for, for hearing after hearing after hearing refute that. That's what's going on in this bill, too, where we have to go in and we have to explain to people what the damn bill does and what it doesn't do. Well, so far... Score one for the good guys. This passed the Education Committee in a 9-4 to vote. So that's the latest on House Bill 1608. It has passed the Education Committee in a 9-4 to vote. To put this into March Madness terms, survive in advance. <laughs> what we like to do on Mondays here on this program is give you a recap of the crime numbers that have taken place here in Indianapolis since Friday. Friday through Sunday, and that's what we consider the weekend around here. At least 13 people shot, three killed, which brings us to a homicide total of 35 in just 50 days. And right now, Indianapolis significantly outpacing Chicago in homicides per capita. And when 
I decided I wanted to talk about this. I looked around the studio here, and everybody in here has got some sort of story about crime in Indianapolis, specifically downtown. Guy, we've talked about your situation a lot, the lunatic that tried to accost you when you were walking over here. Chris, your friend actually got shot at. Correct. Whoa, I haven't heard this story. Uh, Yeah, about a couple months ago, my friend uh, was hanging out with some of his other friends downtown, just having a good time. And when he was walking back to his car, just got caught up in a crossfire of somebody and got shot in the leg. Oh, he he, actually got shot? Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. He's in a boot right now. He's... uh, he didn't die. He's uh, recovering right now, but he's in a boot. Yeah. He's in crutches. Um, yeah, just walking back to and his This car. is like you, a, a high school senior. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. And was downtown not doing anything shady, just, no. you know, doing high school guy stuff, hanging out with your buddies and yep. stray gunfire. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about Indianapolis right now. You could be doing everything right. We, how many stories have we talked about here where gunfire has gone through somebody's window and hit somebody? It's a mess right now. And as bad as we think Chicago is, I want you to think about this. Per capita, Indianapolis is destroying Chicago in terms of crime and homicide rate right now. But if you ask the mayor, he's going to do a victory lap. We just saw that. We just saw that at the beginning of the year. And, you know, and how sad is that? You know, we're lifers, right, for this area, everybody here. Um, you know, I grew up in this area. I came downtown a ton as a, as a kid growing up. Uh, I remember, man, my, my little kid and my parents would bring me downtown and see the animatronics and whatnot. And, I mean, the old school animatronics. It was something really special. Yeah, like in the airs and the blocks, windows, and go up right. to the tea room, right, <laughs> and have a sandwich. And that was like, that was living big, man, coming down here from the north side. And, uh, you know, how many families are going to be willing to do that with what's going on in Indianapolis right now? That that literally makes me sad. It makes me tremendously sad that, that the leadership in this city has allowed that uh, to happen, that the, 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 the city's been allowed to deteriorate to that degree. It's heartbreaking to me. And they almost denied that it's happening. That's oh, yeah. the thing. Like, nobody wants to address it because it might be unacceptable to certain voter bases in the city if you really get tough on repeat offenders. And that's disgusting and it's gross. And Chris, I know we got to hit a break here, but just in your lifetime, from when you've been old enough to come downtown with me, walking to Pacer games, going to Colts games, uh, just walking around and hanging out, how has downtown changed from your perspective? You're 18 years old in the last five, six years. Uh, it's changed dramatically because we, we go to a lot of Pacers games and I can remember like when I was way younger walking walking to Pacers games, walking from Monument Circle to the Fieldhouse. Downtown used to be clean. It used to be awesome to come down here, but now you see a lot more uh, uh, fence put up all over the place. There's a lot more homeless people around everywhere, and you just hear about all the crime that's happening. It's changed dramatically in my lifetime. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Having a good time with you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Chris Hammer is here. Guy Relford is here. You guys were having a little discussion during the commercial break about bowling. And Chris, you were on the semi-state bowling team from your high school. And then Guy Relford counters with, 
I don't know how good of a bowler I can be because I haven't been drunk in a while. <laughs> well, no, it's because I've never been bowling in my life where there was not beer involved. Right, because, right. I mean, so it's basically the same point. But yeah, I mean, it, bowling, well, whether you go bowling, right, is because it's a great sport that you can have some have some Bud Lights in my in my case, and I have a great time bowling. I've always enjoyed it every time I've done it, but but I've never been serious enough about it to do it without the Bud Light. So I'm kind of curious <laughs> how, how 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 good I might be if if I were completely uh, sober at the time. And what were you telling us about the guy on your team who advanced to the state finals, Donnie, who's only a junior, who's really good, dude bowled like a 300 you know, about awesome. a month or two ago. What, what did you say? <laughs> we often joke uh, on the team, we wonder how good he could be if we get a couple beers in him. See no, what he can no, really do. Do, not get, <laughs> do not get beers in the high school, kid. Stop it. I don't want to hear I, this. I see expulsions across the board here. <laughs> but you're right, guy. Like, Bowling, I put that up there with like golf and pool, where if you get the right amount, and there's a scientific amount of yeah. beer oh, in yeah. me. There's a window. Right. I'm walking around the pool table. I'm singing Soul Man. I'm hitting shots behind my back. <laughs> right. But then if you get one too many, the wheels fall off. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, that is precisely right. There's there's definitely a window. Uh, we watched the Daytona 500 yesterday. What was your biggest complaint about the race, Chris? The commercials. Way too many of them and too frequently. It seemed like every 10 laps there was a big full screen commercial. Now, we've kind of gotten spoiled with watching the IndyCar races on television because at least when they go to commercial, you get a split screen. Like, you can still see what's happening with the action, but there's still a commercial going on. Half the race was just a nonstop full-screen commercial. Right, and when they did do the split-screen commercial, it felt like it was always under yellow flag. Like, I... What do, I don't need to see the yellow flag laps. We need to do this when we're under green. Like, <laughs> right? Why? Right. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500 uh, yesterday, and afterwards he pulled a solid Florida man move. He took the trophy, the big heavy Daytona 500 trophy, and his team to Waffle House. Hello. We're hungry. Yes, man. And this is late night in like the local Daytona Waffle House after midnight, strolling in there with the big Daytona 500 trophy. Now, if this sounds familiar, <laughs> yeah. this was kind of the same move that Trevor Lawrence did. It's kind of a Florida man thing in that first playoff game where the Jags were down, I think, 27 to nothing to the Chargers and came back and won. And then after the game, the star quarterback moseys into the Jacksonville Waffle House. <laughs> know about you guy but i feel like that needs to be on my bucket list walking into a waffle house and everybody giving me a standing ovation <laughs> like if you get a standing ovation from the people at a waffle house you've done something awesome yeah well i, I want to walk into a waffle house and I, anymore i'm going to expect to see trevor lawrence uh you know the winner of the daytona 500 or or, or tiger woods <laughs> that's right yeah, I'm tiger's eager. there for other reasons yeah. <laughs> tiger, tiger is there to visit the staff T tiger wood treats waffle house like a dating site <laughs> Uh, so, since we're speaking of Waffle House, 
let's go down memory lane. Great moments in Waffle House history. This was the story of the woman who was busted for dancing naked outside of a Waffle House and licking some dude's face. 38-year-old Freedom Zobrist was asked <laughs> to leave the property for trespassing. Employees say that's when Zobrist became verbally abusive and threatening. Zobrist then walked to the middle of the parking lot and pulled her pants down, exposing herself. Zobrist then attempted to grab an employee's and when he tried to stop her, she licked both sides of his face. Zobris is facing multiple charges, including lewd and indecent exposure, battery, and assault. Chris, when was the last time you got into a Waffle House? About five years ago on a road trip to Tennessee. Because <laughs> I know there's a Waffle House in Beach Grove. Right. So I didn't know if you and your friends ever went there for some pants down, face licking fun. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't go to the uh, Waffle House for lunch that often. You know, you know, I feel bad talking about this in front of your high school senior, you know, sitting here. But, He's 18. He's but, a legal but, adult. <laughs> that's a good point. He's a man today. But, uh, but, but, but um, when you were out one time, I was here with Nigel. We talked about having a call-in segment where we asked people to list their top five places they've never been too sober oh yeah and and which is an interesting discussion because you know right off the bat you think uh white castle yes right and uh for a lot of people taco bell and I, I understand taco bell's legit food for some people someplace i've never been other than at 3 a.m uh not not on my my regular schedule but for some reason at 3 a.m it sounds really good <laughs> waffle house has to make that list it does who wins in a good old-fashioned battle royal between employees? Employees of the Waffle House <laughs> oh. or employees of Popeyes? Like, if you put him in a big ring and it's a Royal Rumble, who comes out on top? The employees of Waffle House or the employees of Popeyes? Well, you've seen that most recent video at the Waffle House, right? There's a woman behind the counter who's, man, she's WWE. <laughs> she's, she somebody throws a chair at her, she catches it with one hand. It's a total <laughs> Darth Vader move, like Jedi mind stuff right I'm there. I'm telling you, I'm watching this thing going, I'm a little scared right now. This woman was bad ass. Not only did she deflect the chair, then she went on the offensive and right. turned some dude's lights out. It was a dude. And then she did the Nolan Ryan and had somebody <laughs> in a headlock and was totally beating the hell out of her. I mean, this woman was impressive. So and, her, and her facial, her facial expression the whole time was I'm kicking all y'all's asses. I mean, she that was, was in the, the zone, old, and she was in a zone. Right. It, it was. It was. It was impressive. Like the only thing missing was her walking away, kind of doing that shoulder shrug like Jordan did when he was in the zone. <laughs> like that's the only thing missing. <laughs> Hit us up at Hammer and Nigel. Who wins the battle royal of employees? The folks at Popeyes. The folks at Waffle House. At Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. Oh, it's one of our favorite times of the week. Monday Gun Day with the gun guy, Guy Relfer. Guy, how are you? I mean, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. You had an interesting guest on your 
radio program this past weekend. I you did. had the Attorney General, Todd Rakita, on. And take me through what's going on with Indiana, and I believe it's the ATF. Well, exactly. And you and Nigel and I have talked a little bit before about this new ATF pistol brace rule, right? Where a pistol brace is essentially an accessory you can add to a pistol, and it allows you to shoot that pistol one-handed. And they, they really came into use... Uh, about 2012 or so as an, as an, as a an attachment to help disabled shooters shoot pistols one-handed um, could it also help somebody get a steadier shot absolutely and and, and the full name is P- pistol stabilizer brace for exactly that reason Jason so you nailed it um, but the ATF after for almost 11 years coming out saying, no, you can add one of these to your pistol and it does not change your pistol into a short-barreled rifle. Um, And that's important because if you have an unregistered short-barreled rifle, then that's 10 years in federal prison. That's just like having an unregistered machine gun. And the only way to possess those lawfully is you have to get permission to possess them or transfer them to you and then register them with the ATF under what's called the National Firearms Act. And so for 10, 11 years, ATF said, no, you can put one of these on because it's possible to take this stabilizer brace and put it against your shoulder and use it like a shoulder stock. Okay, and so they, but they said no. Just because you can potentially use it that way doesn't change the design. It's not a rifle. It's not a short-barreled rifle. After over ten years, the ATF just came out, effective January thirty-first, and saying no, we changed our mind. They did a one-eighty, and said no. If you put one of these on your pistol, it changes it to a rifle. It's an unregistered short-barreled rifle. What changed? Nothing other than their interpretation and the number of people using them. Because because people saw this and said, oh, okay, I can get around the SBR rules a little bit. So they sold a lot of them in reliance on what the ATF had already said, which is that they're legal and they don't they don't transform a pistol into a rifle. So the, the ATF just did a 180 based on their interpretation for years. Nope, it's legal. Now, nope, it is. And, uh, and now it's now it's illegal, and you can go to te- federal prison for ten years. So, uh, Roque- Todd Rokita, our attorney general, and he's—I got to say—he's been very pro two A. He's done a lot of other good things in the courtroom and otherwise for the Second Amendment. He came on my show and talked about how Indiana, through the attorney general's office, has now joined twenty-three other states and some other private entities who are suing the ATF to say, no, um, this is arbitrary uh, and capricious, which is a standard to turn around a regulatory action. Um, It's illegal. It's unconstitutional. It's an unconstitutional uh, use of uh, legislative powers by a federal agency, an executive agency that separates our separation of powers under the Constitution, and this whole thing needs to be set aside, and they're seeking an injunction to prevent ATF from even enforcing it. You would think that the... Biden administration, the anti-gun administration, and all the woke folks that he's got in positions of power would be in favor of something that would help stabilize a shot, that would help oh, yeah. you get a better, clean shot. But no, they they want to make it so we you don't have that, so somebody that's got a shaky control of their weapon can just fire it well. Well, that's a really good point, and but a lot of us think that very potentially, and I, I don't wear my tinfoil, you know, conspiracy theorist hat very often. But a lot of us look at this and say, well, a lot of people are putting these braces on AR and AK pistols, uh, something that, that the Biden administration would call an assault weapon. Right. Well, we don't have a national registration scheme for those kind of firearms today. First of all, they can't describe what an assault weapon is. Well, that's exactly is. right. But basically, if they, if they look at an AR-15 or an AK-47 and go, well, I don't know what one is, but that's it. That's a weapon of war. Yeah, there you go. So there's no registration requirement, right? 
And, and the government, and, and by the way, what does Biden say? He said it again during the State of the Union. What does he say every time he gets a public opportunity to? We're going to ban assault weapons. I passed it once in 1994. I'm going to pass it again. And so he threatens that every time he's in front of a microphone. So wait, hold on. So a lot of people put these braces on their AK or AR pistols. Now the ATF turns around, and there are estimates ranging. ATF says there are 3 million. The gun owners of America say there are 40 million of these. Okay, The number obviously falls somewhere in between. I think 40 million is way high. Three million is probably low. But if if the Biden administration makes us all run out and register these things, millions and millions of them, then does what Biden promises to do, which is ban them because they're quote-unquote assault weapon, now, now they've got a list of the people that have the banned firearms. Isn't that nice if you've got a ban in place and now you've got a list of who owns them, at least a large population of them that have these stabilizer braces on? So there's a chance, and again, tinfoil, but there's a chance that the Biden administration would have a list of these people, but no idea who some of these folks coming across the border are oh, yeah. that are on terror watch lists. Oh, yeah, and, and no idea the criminals Ridiculous. that acquired their firearms illegally. And the only people that are going to run off and comply with this new rule are the people you know, hyper-concerned about following the law. Right, they don't. They don't. They, they don't want to have an unregistered right. SBR. They want to say, "Oh no, I, I don't want to mess around with a criminal penalty." So, by definition, they're the most law-abiding of gun owners, and they're going to be on the list that potentially gets a knock on the door if Biden never accomplishes what he wants to, which is to ban the firearms that he's talking about. Somewhere, I'm sure there's a gang member going. You know, I want to murder a guy, but <laughs> yeah. I got to do it right. I've got to get the paperwork in before I murder somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We talk about that all the time. How laughable it is that these people think these ridiculous laws. And it's especially a law where, where it's an interpretation of a law through an ATF rule where they said exactly the opposite for 10, almost 11 years and turn right back around and say, no, we're just wrong. Never mind. Is, is a criminal going to pay that any mind whatsoever? Or is the, 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 the ultra law compliant citizen going to run off and do what the government wants him to and then get punished for it potentially down the road? Monday gun day with Guy Relford here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Guy, this is the first time I've had a chance to speak with you since the Michigan State shooting. Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot of similarities between what happened at Michigan State University and what happens here in Indianapolis a lot, i.e. the FedEx shooting. And what I mean here is you had a prosecutor in Michigan that decided to be progressive, that decided equity was more important than the law, and they went light on this guy Instead of taking his weapon away and giving him a felony, they marked it down to a misdemeanor. He was allowed to keep his weapon. He used that weapon in the killing at Michigan State. Here in Indianapolis, you had a very woke progressive prosecutor who had a red flag case sitting right there on his desk, chose to ignore it. For whatever reason, it just sat there, and then some lunatic goes into the FedEx facility and opens fire. These are two examples of things that potentially could have been avoided if people were doing their jobs. Yeah, and what, what's really frustrating to me, Jason, is after an event like this, and, and actually we're, we're battling right now in the General Assembly over the prosecutor's reaction to the fact that the prosecutor didn't use the law that's on the books, didn't even take a swing by filing a red flag, a red flag case to begin with, right, is now turning around saying, well, the only reason we didn't red flag that guy beca- was because of deficiencies in the law. And there's a bill right now in the Senate 
in Indiana that's that's being pushed by the Prosecutors Association uh, at the instance of, of one Ryan Mears saying that well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna correct the deficiencies in the red flag law so we won't allow this to happen again and basically what they're gonna do is they're trying to strip all the due process out of it before you ever get to see a judge before you ever have any any due process before you get to present your own side of things they're gonna make you a prohibited possessor like a felon before you ever have any due process and they say well that's what we need to avoid FedEx as opposed to doing what they should have done which is file the red flag case under existing law because it was months it was four months but, but um, in the time they had to red flag this guy before he ever acquired the guns he used in the shooting, and it was over a year before the shooting itself where they could have red flagged this guy and put him in jail. And they said, well, no, we didn't have time to file a red flag case. BS, BS, BS. You get a, you get a hearing in 14 days. And they, they had over a year, but they want to blame the statute. Now Michigan State happens. And what are you hearing from legislators? What are you hearing from Joe Biden? A prosecutor didn't use the law he had at his disposal. He walked away from a felony charge that he had under existing law, and they're saying, oh, well, this this shows we have lax laws, we have lax gun laws, we need to pass more strict laws that, that, more strict laws that are only going to impact law-abiding citizens. I'm sick of these prosecutors all across the country, particularly right here in Marion County, who don't use the law they have, and they want to use that, their failure, to turn around and try to strip rights away from law-abiding citizens. It's repugnant, and right now we're fighting that in the legislature. Why do you think... Places like Indianapolis, places like Michigan, Midwestern type of states still haven't figured out it's okay to vote these prosecutors out. Because even San Francisco, as liberal as San Francisco is, they had had enough of their over-the-top woke DA, and they kicked him out. Now, no one's ever going to accuse San Francisco of turning red. That's not the case at all. You can still be uber-progressive, but have that come-to-Jesus moment of, this guy's bad at his job. Yeah, and you know, when you just look around, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about about downtown Indianapolis. But you look at the FedEx shooting and, and the utter failings of, of the prosecutor's office in Marion County, and then them trying to scapegoat the statute as an excuse. It's ridiculous. Why, why don't voters? I mean, just quit worrying about the D or the R next to somebody's name and just look around you. Look around you at your community. Look at the Near East Side and the number of shootings, stabbings, murders that you see all the time. Why don't we just look around and say, this is not okay? The people in charge, whether it's in the mayor's office or the prosecutor's office, whoever it is, the people in charge are not getting the job done. We need new people. I don't understand why that's not the mindset. If anybody has any questions or wants to continue this specific conversation, how do they reach out to you? Uh, RelfordLaw.com is the best way to get a hold of me. RelfordLaw.com. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford's here. Chris Hammer is here. Dateline Australia. An Australian hotel valet crashed a $500,000 Lamborghini into another $500,000 Lamborghini. The guy who posted the video walks up right after it happened. There's front damage to one, rear damage to the other. The young valet kind of has an uncomfortable laugh as he's recorded. Help. <laughs> Bro, look at this bloke. No way. <laughs> what are you doing, bruh? What are you doing in the car? I was trying to park it because I did my yell. Sorry. No, you ripped it up and f***ed its bum, bruh. No way. You see those two panels are too close together? Yeah. When I was pressing the brake? I'm cool. Big trouble.
deep trouble, uncle. Sorry, sorry. You can't video us, sir. Sorry. Yeah. First of all, I didn't know they say bra in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and second of all, can you imagine this poor valet? Like, I get it. It's uncomfortable laugh. But crashing not one, but two $500,000 Lambos. Oh, man, this, this thing this thing rips at my stomach. I mean, you know, I'm a car guy. I, I My car isn't in the same stratosphere as a Lamborghini, but but I'm a car guy. And What's and, your dream car? Like, if you had, you know, if you won the Powerball tomorrow and you had the ability to go out and get your dream car, what is it? Uh, fully restored GTO Judge Convertible, uh, 1969. Chris Hammer, dream car. I'd probably have to go with either one of the cool-looking red Ferraris or that um, Chevrolet um, Corvette that we saw at the Daytona 500, the pace car. That the pace car cool. Corvette? Yeah. Okay. I'm going with the Batmobile, and you guys can both <laughs> kiss my ass. I want the Batmobile. I want the fire coming out. Like, I want yeah. it all. I want all the The original things. Batmobile, or like what, what Batmobile are we talking here? Oh, good point, because the modern ones don't look anything like the old uh, Adam West Batmobile. I think I kind of want Adam West. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I think I kind of want the Adam West one. It's kind of got the convertible look to it going on. Yeah. Now, your generation, Chris, again, you're 18, you're a high school senior. It feels like your generation is not into cars as, like, guy and I were when we were growing up because I was counting down the days until I turned 16. Oh. I was ready to get my license. The minute I got it, let's drive to Florida. Let's go. Oh, man. I, I the, the minute, I mean, the, the day the BMV opened, the moment I was eligible for my license, I was I was lined up at the door. And now that we run into all these, and I'm sure Chris can, can talk about this from, from folks he knows it at, 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 at his high school and, and elsewhere. Now there's 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, and they still don't even have their license. Mm-hmm. Why don't you guys dig driving? I, I don't know. It's just something with our generation. I mean, my my class specifically, we all turned 16 during the height of COVID. It was just like, well, where are we going to drive to? Everything's closed. There was nothing to do. So well, that you know, might I, be a reason. And what do you think about this? This is just my theory, Chris, and I, I could be completely wrong. Um, but I think the age of social media impacts this, too, because you don't have to get in a car and drive to somewhere to see your buddies, to talk right. to your buddies, because you can all, you know, you, you can all... Uh, communicate in real time electronically which we, we didn't have that right and i'm more scared as a dad with him driving of people on their phones oh, than yeah. drunk driving back in the day oh because yeah. when we were coming up it was all about drunk driving drunk driving it's the biggest threat out on the road now it doesn't matter if you're 16 or 46 you can tell when some moron is on his phone on the road and they're swerving and their heads down and it's ridiculous oh yeah well i'm a motorcycle rider you think it's scary to be in a car with these idiots on their phones ride a motorcycle That'll get your attention real fast. It's way scary. I've kicked way too many doors riding my Harley because some idiot isn't paying attention, who's drifting into my lane, you know, and people coming up behind you. You're at a light. There are a lot of a lot of people will pull all the way over, even like almost between cars in the lane, because you don't trust the idiot coming up behind you to be to be looking up from their phone and not run into the back of the motorcycle sitting there. Guy Relford, Chris Hammers here. It's President's Day, so let's set the mood here. Here's a little montage of the last four U.S. presidents. I say it's, I think it's I, I haven't look. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Internets. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. Horror of the Holocaust. What? You're not known to be a humble man, but I wonder. I think I am actually humble. I think I'm much more humble than you would understand. (laughs) When Aretha first told us what 
R-S-P-E-C-T meant to her. Too many good docs are getting out of business. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their, their love with women all across this country. Ooh. God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. You ain't black. Happy President's Day from the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Hey now. My name is Jason Hammer. Chris Hammer is here. Guy Relford is here. Woke up today. Surprise, surprise, surprise news. Joe Biden took the trip. Not to Ohio. No, 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 no. He went to go hang out with his buddy Zelensky in Ukraine. So while folks in Ohio are still dealing with the ecological disaster of this train derailment, Joe Biden decides to hop on the bird, go see his buddy Zelensky, and maybe the big guy got his 10%. I'm not sure. Now, for those of you keeping score at home, Chris Hammer, you're better at numbers than I am. Where is the United States at in terms of weapons and aid to Ukraine? Currently at $200 billion, with a B, tax dollars being spent on Ukraine. $200 billion going to Ukraine. Meanwhile, in Ohio, people are waking up seeing dead fish in their creeks. They're, they've got rashes. They're coughing. They've not gotten a lot of answers. And FEMA has been a little wishy-washy. At first, they said, you're not getting a damn dollar out of me. And now they're kind of wavering a little bit. What's going on here, guy? Uh, a government inefficiency and an administration that just can't uh, work its way through any crisis that we're ever faced with, literally. Other than just throwing money at problems, right? That's what, what they, they did with COVID. That's what they've done with anything. Well, let's just throw money at it. That's what they're doing with Ukraine. And it never solves anything. Oh, Look no. at the education situation in Indiana. Does money ever solve that? No. I mean, it, what it takes is leadership. And that's what this administration lacks 100%. I mean, it's bad enough. It's horrible that that Biden isn't in Ohio. Where's our transportation secretary? I mean, when's the last time you saw him stand up and take ownership of an issue, whether it's supply chain, uh, whether it's airlines being grounded all across this country, uh, you know, whether it's a a train derailment uh, and multiple train derailments, but one that is a complete ecological and environmental disaster uh, in Ohio. When's the last time you even saw the guy whose job it is to manage transportation issues take ownership and responsibility and go in front of a national tv audience and tell tell the american public what the plan is now to be fair he's too busy looking over construction sites around this country finding out why they're so racist so he's got a busy plate guy talking about why construction sites are racist and then of course my favorite one is well that's trump's fault it all goes back to donald trump well because donald trump did this that's why that train happened All right, just humor me. Let's just say that you're right. Who's in charge now of the cleanup? Donald Trump's not the president right now. Why can't these people get any help? Why can't these people get any answers? And instead of hopping on Air Force One and flying to Ohio, Joe Biden flew 
to Ukraine to play grab ass with Zelensky, where again, the big guy's probably going to get his cut here. Chris, I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump would get criticized for saying America first, right? You've been involved in politics for a number of years now. You're the class president. You're 18. You're a Luger scholarship winner. You're going to UND next year. You follow this stuff. When Donald Trump announced America first, there were people that had their panties in a wad. There were. They were calling him racist of all things because he valued us. He valued America. Uh, It was a bad thing, apparently, and nobody liked it. And now you've got this current president who looks at America last. It's America first against America last. Donald Trump, say what you want about him. Do I think he can win the next presidential race? I have my doubts, but he's on his way to Ohio. Joe Biden is in Ukraine. This is a slap in the face to people in this country. Your tax dollars are going over there. And keep in mind, Ukraine doesn't even really like the United States all that much. This is not a great historical ally of the United no. States, uh, and, uh, and 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 you know until it not so long in the recent past, you know, housed a whole lot of nuclear weapons that were pointed at the United States, as I recall. Right. Uh, so look, they I, were know. Team Saddam when the United States and Iraq were kind of getting squirrely with each other. Right. Well, exactly. So this is not a great historical ally. Uh, you know, is, is the enemy of our enemy our friend? I mean, that that's the 100%, that is 100% of the policy of the Biden administration is just that. Well, we don't like Russia and they're in a war with Russia, so we like them. Okay. I understand that as far as it goes. But $200 billion, and Chris, I had not heard that number until you threw it out. Between um, humanitarian stuff and weapons, yeah. that's the approximate number right now. And we say approximate because there's no receipts anywhere. There's no accountability of what's being done with that money. Well, yeah, and keep in mind, even uh, when Victoria Sparks came out and said, you know, there ought to make, we ought to make sure there's some accountability and, and, the, and the government ought to be making sure that, that our money, when it goes into Ukraine, is actually going for weapons. It's actually going to the places we wanted it to go and not to go into the hands of corrupt officials in Ukraine, of which there are a lot. And and she, and she came out and said, Let, let's make sure, uh, when Representative Sparks came out and said, Sparks came out and said, let's make sure there's accountability for U.S. dollars in Ukraine. She got widely criticized. For that. She, got, she got called a Putin puppet. Because she simply said that. that That's how out of control our spending is, including on this issue, because people resist even accountability for where our dollars go. And I want to be perfectly clear. It's not just Joe Biden. It's not. There are a lot of Republicans who think a blank check to Ukraine is just fine. Funding a war that you're not involved in is just fine. Like, if it were just humanitarian aid, okay, you could make a case for continuing to assist. But when you start putting in weapons, when you start giving them tanks, when you start funding their war and funding their pensions, as we found out last week, it becomes problematic. But it's not just Joe Biden. Here's Mitch McConnell speaking in an interview this past weekend. Cocaine Mitch basically stating that, yeah, we're going to keep this blank check process alive as long as it takes. There are a few isolationist voices in, in Congress, uh, in both parties. Yeah. But I think to sum it up, you've got the Speaker of the House, the Republican leader of the Senate, the leaders of all the national security committees, all of us supporting this war. There are a few isolations in each party. 
And I think Europe should understand fully, and one of the reasons I'm at, the at, at this Munich Defense Conference is to make it clear that the overwhelming majority of Republicans are not only behind mm -hmm. the Ukrainians, but would actually do things more quickly than the president has. There's a difference between being behind the Ukrainians and hoping they beat Russia because you hate Russia so much and giving them a blank check. And Chris, you heard that soundbite from Mitch McConnell. He makes it sound like the people that have a problem with this are the very small minority here, but the polling shows otherwise. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the polling and a lot of the Republicans don't want to spend a lot of money on this war, but uh, not according to Mitch. And Mitch is, you look up swamp monsters. And, you know, I get it. It's probably best to beat up on the Democrats if you're a Republican. But this dude belongs in that same conversation. I yeah. mean, you heard that soundbite there. He makes it sound like we're some sort of anti-American monsters because we think $200 billion for a war that we're really not involved in is a little too much. Yeah, and unfortunately, there are too many people on both sides of the aisle who think the only way to solve any problem is just to throw dramatic amount uh, amounts of taxpayer money at it. And, and that, that's what's really disappointing to me is is the, the out-of-control spending on both sides of the aisle. And the Ukraine situation is just one example of that. But let's go back to your original point. If you're sitting in East Palestine, Ohio right now, and somebody tells you that same number of $200 billion is going to a foreign war where you can debate whether our interests are even directly implicated or not. How do you feel if you're sitting in Ohio right now? Chris, if you were the advisor to Joe Biden, okay, so try to dumb yourself down here for just a little bit. If you were the advisor to Joe Biden and he tells you, hey, I want to get on a bird and I want to go see Zelensky, the big guy needs his money but you know what's going on in Ohio. Do you let him do that? I mean, it just feels like it's a big slap in the face. I mean, absolutely not. I don't let him do that. I mean, you go to Ohio, you, you support your country. You don't just leave when things get tough. You got to go to Ohio and see what's going on here. Even if you don't do anything, like Biden went to the border for a photo op. Remember, he walked across a parking lot. He stood next to the wall of all things yeah. and then said, oh, well, it's not as bad as everybody thinks. <laughs> got on his bird and went home. Yeah. At least he went. No one's been to Ohio. Like they had a basically beg for the EPA to come there and FEMA is still on the fence of whether or not they want to help support what's going on here. It's a total mess, but I'll tell you what, I think what we all need right now is take a big, deep breath and in honor of President's Day, have a great moment in a presidential speech. Great moments in presidential speeches. Ask not what your country can do for you Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. Great moments <laughs> in presidential speeches. You know what? Maybe it's best that he didn't go to Ohio. Maybe it's a blessing. After hearing that, you know what? Maybe it is a blessing. He went over there to get his cut and stayed away from Ohio. It's a serious issue in Ohio for serious people. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. 
It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? This is how we are going to play Is This Anything? I, Jason Allen Hammer, am going to run a couple different stories by either the gun guy or Chris Hammer. Whoever it is, it's your job to break down the information and give us a verdict on whether or not the story is anything or not. So, Guy, we're going to start with you. Is this anything? A Florida woman was arrested after threatening McDonald's drive-thru workers with a loaded gun after an argument over a free cookie. Here is the judge listing off the woman's charges in court and an officer talking about the incident. There is an allegation of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without an intent to kill. Has a handgun while she's in the drive-thru, so they call 911. The employees that were there in the drive-thru were in fear. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, it's it's a handgun. It put anyone uh, most likely in fear. Is this anything? Well, it is. I mean, unfortunately, it's not as rare as you would think because we keep seeing incidents uh, generally at fast food places, particularly with drive-thrus. Did you see the the video of the the barista at the drive-thru coffee place? The the guy tried to grab her and haul her through the window into his car. I mean, this kind of stuff is going on. You hear all these other incidents of of threatened violence and people going nuclear over just a simple, innocent mistake with their order. Um, Unfortunately, it's getting too prevalent, um, but it's something because of someone so dramatically overreacting to something uh, what a dispute over a free cookie and guess right. what you're going to easily do 10 years in prison you know uh, let's see if you get your free cookie in prison <laughs> uh guy i'm gonna come back to you with this one is this anything dog against hammerhead shark and it sounds like the dog won so 30 tourists were on a boat in the bahamas and they see this shark and then one of their dogs jumps off a nearby pier to take on the shark, and the shark swam away. How big is that? That's about 12 feet. 12 feet? Get in the water, you idiot! Oh, bite the shark! He's biting the shark! He's got that dog in him, and he bit the shark. Is this anything? I want to know what kind of dog. I mean, right? That's what's missing from this story. I mean, you know, if this is if this is a Shih Tzu, you know, or something along those lines, that would be hilarious. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's something because well, hammerheads, first of all, are one of the more aggressive species of sharks, and this is a twelve footer. That's a scary shark. Um, so the fact that it wasn't interested in the dog, I can't believe it was really scared of the dog. I don't care, you know, if it's a Rottweiler. The fact that a twelve foot hammerhead swam off. I think it's probably because it found nothing appetizing, not because it was necessarily scared of whatever kind of dog this was. But how about the dog? Little man syndrome, right? Jumping into the water. No, this ain't happening today. Not on my watch. You're not going after my people. I mean, this is the equivalent of every small guy that has a really hard handshake, right? right? That's what this is. Yeah. Again, I wonder what kind of dog. If it's like a little Westie or, you know, or some... Little scrappy dude. Yeah, a little toy poodle. I want to see what kind of dog All right, Chris, this one's yours. The late Olivia Newton-John's final recording, final song recording has been released, and it was a duet with Dolly Parton. Here they are doing a remake of Dolly's hit, Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene.
Olivia Newton-John with Dolly Parton. The final recording, a duet of Jolene, Chris Hammer, Is This Anything? Oh, yeah, I think this is something. Uh, Here's my take on this. So Dolly wrote this song, Jolene, like in the prime of her career. And she was an absolute smoke show. I think we need to see what Jolene looks like before we start judging sides. Like, what does Jolene look like that's going to steal Dolly's man away? That's a great point. That's a really good point. You think about what Dolly's bringing to the table in her prime. Yeah. Don Lemon. And now (laughs) she's concerned about what Jolene might do. You're right. Let's see a picture of Jolene here before we start rushing to judge. Great point. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Seeing some reports on social media of a big fire in Bedford, Ohio, rapid response teams underway. It's a explosion at a metal manufacturing plant. And again, I don't have a lot of information on this, but the local officials in Ohio say that first responders are treating this as a mass casualty incident. So, If I get any more information, I will certainly pass that on to you. What the hell is going on in this country right now? These explosions, these fires, has this always happened and we haven't noticed? You know, we've had social media for a while now. It just feels like lately these big fires and explosions and chemical things happening have been more prevalent than I've ever seen in my life, Guy. And this one in Ohio, Bedford, Ohio, uh, a plant explosion. We're following this on breaking news. Yeah, I just pulled it up, and and you're right, Jason. Exactly as you said, they're saying it's a mass casualty event, which is pretty scary. Um, And, you know, in answer to your question, I, I don't know there's necessarily more of these incidents, but they seem to come sort of in rashes of, of the same kind of events. Like, how many like large food distribution centers did we see fires at? Like, one after the other, um, including one right here in, in central Indiana. Um, and then suddenly, then it was train derailments, and, and we've seen a whole bunch of those, including the catastrophic one in East Palestine, Ohio. So they, they just seem to come in 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 in, in spurts and, and in rashes and in in one after the other, and that gets pretty scary after a while because you wonder if it's completely a happenstantial. So if we find out any information on this, we'll be more than happy to pass that on to you, CNN. Don Lemon was not on the air this morning, and it sounded like this may have been a suspension for what he said about women last week. Now, if you don't remember, Don Lemon, the pilot of this low-rated ship, they call a morning show on CNN, along with Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins, stated that women after the age of 40 passed their prime, not worth a damn. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from noted women's man Don Lemon. Right. Don Lemon is not a woman. Don Lemon does not date or get into relationships with women, but he's an expert on when women are in their prime. And the context here, by the way, we're not talking about 
athletics or we're not talking about whatever else. We were talking about Nikki Haley and whether she was in the prime in terms of her political career, saying as a woman, she's past her prime. What is the point? I mean, what, what, what literally what point are you trying to make? I have no idea where that came from. And then he had a conference call on Monday morning where he tried to smooth it over. Well, he was not on the air today. And now CNN's trying to spin this as, well, because the paparazzi are so active looking for Don Lemon because they're upset, we did this for his safety today. That's the angle that CNN is playing with this. Okay, now you're a betting guy, right? I am. You're the betting guy (laughs) right here in Indiana. I got an over or under for you. All right, and I'm willing to put a six pack of the beer of your choice, and you get to pick the over or the under. Because keep in mind, uh, Don Lemon lost his primetime show. Yes. Right now, he gets stuck in this morning show, and he, it's tanking. The lowest ratings they've had in over a decade. Right. So you go from primetime to morning. Now, your morning show is, is getting killed by your competition. Now, you have this major gaffe that, that upset half of America. Over or under, Don Lemon still has a show on CNN in six months. Over or under? Oh, I'll take the under on really? that. I think Don wants to be fired. Yeah. I think he wants to be out of that place. The ridiculous things that he's doing on that show now, getting snippy with the co-hosts who are young, attractive women. Yeah. Don Lemon's not the good-looking guy on the show anymore, and I think that's a problem for him. Right. Tucker pointed that out the other day. He's not the prettiest girl at the ball anymore, and that's a problem for him. Yeah. The crappy things that he says, it sounds like this is a guy that's trying to get fired. It's the quiet quitting thing that we've heard about for a okay, number now, of years. Okay, now, and just to clarify the bet, it's not that he loses this show, it's any show I mean, you know, I I don't care if he's if he's if he's covering you know the 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 the, the dog show in, in <laughs> East Ohio somewhere. Right. I mean, I, any show on CNN six months over or under? Oh, that's under. Okay, mark it All down. Right. I will take the under. Okay. six pack of beverages on yes. the line here. Yep, absolutely, because I think this guy wants out. He probably has a cush gig at the Atlantic or one of these liberal outlets waiting for him somewhere, and he'll jump on there. But his time at CNN is done. Yeah, I was hoping you'd take the over on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, if Don Lemon leaves that show, it's kind of like that old, if a tree falls in the forest and yeah. if nobody's there to hear it, did it really happen? Well, exactly. Nobody watches that show anyway. How will we know if he's gone? Uh, bad news here. And it feels like this is a problem. This is a big problem. Tesla has recalled over 362,000 vehicles because they say that the full self-driving software may cause crashes. Now, Chris, we are not automated automotive workers. We do not make cars in a factory. But it feels like if you're going to spend all the money on a Tesla for self-driving and the software is bad and it goes full tunes as the driving cat and drives you off of a cliff, I feel like that's a problem. That's uh, that's a major problem right there. I would agree. That's the number one reason you buy this thing <laughs> right. for, right? You could sit behind the wheel on a road trip and just relax, let it self-drive. But the recall is because the software is bad and it's causing, <laughs> quote, changes to the posted speed limits. People are also having trouble when they come to stoplights and three-way turns. 
or three-way intersections. Yep, that's that's a problem right there. Can't be uh, having that out there. Isn't but, that the one job of this Tesla, right, right. is to be self-driving? But, but I got a question. Well, no, I mean, to me, the one job is to be an EV, and, and, and that okay. makes it all woke, and people drive them. And, and it does have instant torque, and so especially the performance models uh, are, are very, very fast. But I have a question for both of you guys. Did you ever, before this news ever came out uh, of this software problem, did you ever trust self-driving technology in a car, whether it's a Tesla or otherwise, when it, when they came out with this to begin with, I, I, I go, well, this is, these are fatalities waiting to happen. I, I'm sorry, I am not ready. Maybe it's just I'm old and I don't believe computers can do this. I've never been willing to trust this technology to say it's safe to let a car drive me around in traffic. This is the official statement. The FSD, the full self-driving system, may cause crashes by allowing the affected vehicles to act unsafe around intersections, such as traveling straight through an intersection while in a turn-only lane, entering a stop sign-controlled intersection without coming to a complete stop, or proceeding to an intersection during a steady yellow traffic signal without due caution and it also may have trouble changing the posted speed limits. So not only are you going to get a ticket, but you're going to crash in a fiery death. <laughs> if a Tesla's coming down the road, and you know that's a Tesla, and, and, and you're a pedestrian, and you have a choice to walk out in front of that, and, 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 and the driver's asleep, and the self-driving software's taken over, would you walk out in front of that Tesla? No. No, That's no, my no, point. no, 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 no. I was no. never willing to trust this technology. I don't trust people now. Like, I get pedestrians have the right of way, but not everybody accepts that. <laughs> like, we work downtown. We see people try to cross oh, over yeah. there at the Arts Garden. And now, to be fair, some people try to cross when they're not supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. When you have, like, some of these conventions, like the firefighter guys, they never want to pay attention. They just want to walk across. And the FFA kids. It, <laughs> You got to keep an open eye when the FFA kids oh, you are really here do. because it's like Frogger, man. They're just running across the street. But some people, you know, they do it the right way. They'll wait for the light to change. And then here comes some dude driving down the street, not paying any attention. Maybe he's lost downtown and you've seen people had to jump out of the way before. You do. But again, would you, com would, would, would you, would you trust your life to a computer that's uh, that's that's trying to decide whether it should go through that intersection or stop. No way I'm trusting that technology. I think the computer should decide who lives or dies. <laughs> <laughs> Who's crossing the street? Oh, no, not that guy. Not that guy, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Allison, can we fire up the hypocrisy alert? <laughs> oh, Bernie Sanders. He's doing a speaking tour to promote his new book. Now, his speaking tour and his new book are both about how capitalism sucks. <laughs> now, let me repeat that. He's going on the road, selling tickets, selling a book about how capitalism sucks. The tickets for his speaking tour are going for as high as $95 from evil ticket bastard, who the Democrats have had a problem with. So Bernie went on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan and was kind of asked, wait a minute, you're against capitalism, but your tickets are $95. What gives? But I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And 
tickets for your tour apparently are selling for $95 on Ticketmaster, which is <laughs> accused of anti-competitive behavior. You know that. Some of your Democrats are criticizing them. Aren't you benefiting yourself no, from this I, system that you're all, trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. Okay. I think there's one case where in one place here in Washington, po- uh, politics and pros and independent books are charging some tickets. Most of them, I think, are $40, $50, and you get a book as well. So if you want to come, you're going to have to pay 40 bucks. I'll throw in the book for free. And we're doing a number of free uh, events, but I don't make a nickel out of these things at all. But you're okay doing oh, business crap. with Ticketmaster? Excuse me. No, not particularly, but that's, again, I have nothing to do with that. That is, if you wrote a book, it would probably be the same process. So we're expected to believe Bernie Sanders isn't seeing a dime from this guy. Which includes book sales. <laughs> Why do you write a book? It's, it's to generate book sales and make money off that. That has no credibility whatsoever. It is President's Day here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Chris Hammer, you voted in your first presidential, I'm sorry, your first primary this awesome. past year. Awesome. You get to vote for the president in 2024, your first election. Guy, old souls like us have been picking the president for a number of years. Yeah, since like Truman. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go down the list here of what some of the former presidents may be doing today on President's Day. And now, what the former presidents are doing for President's Day. I'm going to spend every waking hour in front of the TV or with the Xbox. We're going to smoke pot, and it's going to get intense. <laughs> I know Hillary said that she would like to bend over backwards. More than 100,000 physicians. <laughs> That's what the former presidents are doing for President's Day. Happy President's Day from the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock, House Bill 1608. Had people tailgating this morning, had people getting thrown out of the Indiana State House. We'll touch on that. And we'll do a round of Ask the Gun Guy coming up a little bit later on. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford's here. Allison's here. Chris Hammer is here. Chris, have you ever been on a bad date? Uh, I wouldn't say I've been on a bad date before or anything like that. Well, there's a new app out that can tell if your first date is going well or not. Because maybe there's somebody that thinks things are going well, but they're not. By the way, Jason, you didn't ask me. Oh, I know the answer to that. <laughs> if you've been around the block like we have, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, I'm very happily married now and have been for nine years or so, but I was single for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could write a book. On, <laughs> on, 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 absolutely. I had a girl that I was dating in college once, lasted two dates, uh, said that I swore too much and the language was too much. And it's like, well, honey, it's not going to get any better. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And now look at me. I'm right here where Mike Pence used to talk into the microphone. Not bad for a dude who swears too much, right? Okay. Okay. Either when either you or the date, if we were ever on a date where one of you got up and left. No. Oh yeah. No, that happened to you. Well, I did it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No. I said, I, I, I'll flag the waitress down on the, on the way out and take care of the check, but this is over. Guy Rover <laughs> reminds me of the kind of guy like Kevin Durant. Remember that story from the New York Post? Kevin Durant brought a uh, stripper to a blind date. <laughs> Just in case it didn't work out, he had a fallback woman. <laughs> like, I could see a young Guy Relford pulling that trick. Hey, my 20 years of being single, man, I had somebody on call. That would that would would call me in the middle of dinner with an emergency, <laughs> right? And, and and I used it more than once. 
Researchers at the University of Cincinnati are working on a new app that uses artificial intelligence to tell you if your date is going well or not. It's wearable technology like an Apple Watch, and it monitors things like your heart rate, your breathing, how much you're sweating, and it can also tell if the other person finds you boring or not. <laughs> it's so easy to have successful dates now. Social media and smartphones and all that kind of stuff. Guy, when we were growing up, you had to have game. Oh, you yeah. wanted to see a woman naked, you had to talk her into it. <laughs> there wasn't a send me a pic kind of stuff as there is now. We had to work for it. And I think we appreciated it more. Absolutely. I mean there was a whole there was a whole skill set you had to develop. <laughs> and uh and yeah, it was it was a succeed or fail. Since we're speaking of dates here, Chris, did you ever find a prom date? I know you took your shot with Tommy Laren and she <laughs> turned you down on this program. Uh, you and your significant other are no longer together now. So did you ever find a prom date? Uh, unfortunately, I did not. No. So you're you're looking. I, yes, I am. Are you open to like IBC listeners saying, hey, I'm down to clown because you are 18 years old? Yep. Sure. That sounds fine. Careful what you <laughs> wish for. <laughs> so if somebody has a daughter or maybe they are 18 19 17 years old what would a prom date with chris hammer entail what's it like uh would look like you get picked up in a nice car driven by rob kendall you'd have a celebrity yes. driver uh we'd well, go to of. uh <laughs> strike one <laughs> go to a nice dinner at saint elmo's uh paid for with my gift cards yes you uh, have saint elmo's gift cards damn it's a baller Whoa. move it's a baller move that to have that on standby and then we'd go to the prom and have a good night. Okay. Is there a max age? Like, let's say there's a very nice, you know, 35-year-old cocktail waitress. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a cougar and caramel, Chris. I do think my school had to, like, put, like, an age limit of, like, how old you can bring someone to prom. Like, that tells me it's happened before. It's happened before there really someone is. did it. There really and is. And they had to make sure it didn't happen again. You know what? This is because of the Confederate Railroad song. Have you ever heard the... I like my women a little oh, on the, the trashy, trashy side. side. Yes. You should have seen the looks on the faces of my dad and mom when I showed up, when she showed up at the door as, my, as the date to my senior prom. <laughs> Yep. So if anybody is uh, looking for a prom date, can they slide into your DMs or can they reach out to us here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, Chris? Yep, I'm on Twitter at HammerTime1417, Instagram at ChrisHammerTime. You are a baseball player, a bowler, you are the class president, you've got a scholarship going to UND next year, and you're just looking for one night. Yes. We're not trying to get in a relationship right. here. Correct. All right, there we go. Take your shot, kid. <laughs> It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock we had people thrown out of the Indiana State House earlier today. You would have thought that abortion was on the docket, but no. House Bill 1608 would outlaw sexual content to kindergartners through third graders in the classroom, and people lost their minds trying to defend it. I'm Jason Hammer. 
Chris Hammer is here. Guy Relford, the gun guy, is here. Imagine waking up, Guy, and thinking, today's the day. I am going to get kicked out of the Indiana State House because I want sex in my kindergartner's classroom. I just can't get what the agenda is. I can't get what the motivation is. I mean, you know, again, I don't like conspiracy theories and I don't like to ascribe the worst possible motives to people. I'm always looking for some explainable motivation. I cannot for the life of me figure out why it's important to people to the point of protesting, you know, so absurdly that you get thrown out simply because a bill says sex can't be taught to kids kindergarten through third grade. Who would that upset? It doesn't get me. I don't get it. We're not talking about high school kids like Chris. Right. We're talking about kindergartners through third graders. I don't get it. Think about how little kindergartners are, five, six years old, and people packed, I mean packed, the Indiana State House today because they want sex taught to these kids. Yeah, and it's not... It's not specific. Like, people are saying it's homophobic, and I don't get that. It's not specific to exclude, you know, like, you know, the Florida bill that that, that we talk about, you know, don't say gay. It had nothing to do with don't say gay. This this is not anti gay sex or anti LBGTQ or whatever. It, it It's not, it, it doesn't pick a side. It just says there are certain topics we don't want in the classroom for very, very young children. And it goes on to say that if a kid wants to change their pronouns, basically wants to be known as now a female when they've been a male or, or something in between and vice versa, um, that the parents are notified of that. Who would oppose that? Who would not want a parent to be involved in in what may be one of the most decisions a kid ever makes at that young of an age? Chris, when you were in third grade, you had every Thomas and Friends train (laughs) known to man. You were a train kid. Yep. At any point when you were in third grade, did you think, you know what? I really wish we were talking about sex right now. No, not at all. <laughs> like none of us had any idea what it even was at that point in time. Like Right. Kindergartners through third graders. When I was in third grade, I wanted to play with Hot Wheels. I wanted to play with Transformers, Masters of the Universe kind of stuff. I wanted to go to school and see my friends. I did not want to learn about sex, and I don't think parents wanted sex in the classroom. No, it's What's happened since then, Guy? Why all of a sudden now is the Indiana State House packed with people, people so passionate they're being asked to leave or they're being thrown out by law enforcement? because they want sex, whether it's gay sex or straight sex, taught to these young kids. Yeah, I don't get it. And and look, you hate to throw around words that are probably used too often, like grooming and, and indoctrination. But if you're that upset that these kids at that young of an age can't be taught those subject matters, um, then I think you ought to be looked at in exactly that light because that's what you want to do. You want to steer these kids in a particular direction, and that's unfair to the kids, it's unfair to their parents, and that's what this bill is all about. The bill did pass through the Education Committee 9 to 4. So score one for people with common sense. But who are these four people that voted no on this? All four Democrats. I just testified in front of the Education Committee last week. And there are 13 on the committee, nine Republicans and four Democrats. So I'll, I'll tell you exactly who the four were. It was the four Democrats. Moving to the border, which feels like it's been lost in a lot of the storylines lately between what's happening in Ohio and Chinese spy balloons to what's happening here in Indiana. The border is still a mess. And last week we had a little conversation on this show. Who's worse at their job? 
White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre <laughs> or Pete Buttigieg, Transportation Secretary, who's worse? Maybe it's none of the above. Maybe it's Alejandro Mayorkas because this guy is a total zero. And he spoke to Chris Wallace at CNN and had a very tough time nailing down his definition of a secure border. When you say it's what does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is that by that measure, the border has never been secure. Right. Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created, individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there there is not a common definition uh, of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language, if one person successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of the border. So what we try to do, what's your, what defini- our goal, what's your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border. So for those of you scoring at home, the guy whose job is to secure the border can't tell you one if it's secure and number two what a secure border even looks like and if and if in fact a secure border is not even one a question i have jason is does this administration want a secure border and we all know the answer to that yeah we sure we do now keep in mind chris wallace used to work at fox now he's at cnn probably more in his element here at cnn chris wallace showed Homeland Security Director Mayorkas, pictures of people lining up and just walking into the country, to which Mayorkas says, well, what evidence do you have? We have all seen the scenes of, of floods of people walking across uh, shallow points in the Rio Grande. And he's showing We've him the video. The pictures of encampments in downtowns in El Paso, uh, places in Arizona. We've all seen the pictures of the flood of migrants coming to New York. You've got Mayor Adams, the Democratic mayor of New York City, saying he's overwhelmed by migrants. By those standards, it is not a secure border. Chris, I would say that by those standards, what powerful evidence of the fact that our immigration system is broken. Well, how about the pictures he literally just showed you? I swear to God, this guy's a Melvin. This guy is a total zero. And maybe he's the answer to the question, who's worse at their job? Last one here. This is when Chris Wallace asked if he should be impeached. What, what do you think is the basis for their calling for your impeachment? Do you think you've done anything wrong? No, I don't. I think ah. it is a, um, a disagreement over policy, and I think it is used for political purposes uh, to uh, continue a, a negative dialogue about a migration challenge that is not unique to the United States, to continue that dialogue, to uplift it for political reasons. Okay. This guy is dumber than a box of rocks. This job is bigger than he is. But this is probably what he was tasked to do. Joe Biden, you know damn well as I do, has no problem with what's happening at the border right now. But, but see, and, 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 and the reason why this guy additionally is so bad at his job is how could he possibly have failed to secure the border when he has Kamala Harris who's been appointed the border czar (laughs) in order to assist him. He has the help of the vice president of the United States, clearly one of the more competent people in government, right? Sure, sure. So when you have Kamala Harris on your team as the border czar and you still don't get... The, the border to be secure? How, what excuse do you possibly have? Oh, it's shocking. Things aren't going well. <laughs> shocking, I say. Uh, before we hit a break here, uh, we found out over the weekend that former President Jimmy Carter is in hospice care. Sounds like 
he's kind of on his final days. Uh, they chose no more treatments at the hospital, wanted to go home and be comfortable. So now he's in hospice. Chris, I know you study presidents. You're a bit of a historian when it comes to this kind of stuff. When you hear the name Jimmy Carter, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Jimmy, one of these guys that's best known for stuff he did out of office. He's uh, one of these guys where he's a great guy, just a bad president, which is contrary to someone like Bill Clinton for uh, Democrat standards, was a decent president, but a horrible person. But hey, Jimmy finally lived to see a president that was worse than him, so that's got to make him feel better. So he's got that going for him, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what I think of? I think of when we started setting records in inflation rates uh, here last year under Biden. Um, we were, we were, well, whose, whose records were we breaking? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah, horrible president, like Chris said. And if you do the compare and contrast, and I think that's interesting you bring up Bill Clinton, because by Democrat standards, Clinton's economy wasn't bad, right? Had a pretty good economy. Did a lot of other things poorly. Uh, but the economy under Clinton, not bad. He's a horrible human being. Mm -hmm. So which would you rather have? A guy that has a good economy that's a scumbag or a really nice guy who does a horrible job in the White House. I think I'd rather have the scumbag, to be honest with you. Yep, I think I feel the same. And that's not saying anything bad about Jimmy Carter, because he did a lot of good things outside of his presidency, but how did that affect people when he was in the office? Probably the same way it's affecting people now with Joe Biden. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Coming up here at 5.33, the Chicks, Mock, Daisy, they're back. Weekly segment we're going to do every Monday at 5.33. Chicks coming up here in just a little bit, but right now, let's have a little fun. Let's use the gun guy. You've got the best in the business at what he does free for you right now. So, Michael, you're up first. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show, Michael. Go ahead and ask the gun guy. I just wondered real quick what the rule is if my employer says I am forbidden to carry a weapon in a company vehicle. Uh, they can prevent you, Michael, from carrying a gun in a company vehicle. Uh, it's that's uh, at, that's their property. They can have that policy if they want. What they cannot do is prevent you from having a gun in your own vehicle as long as it's locked out of sight in your vehicle, even if it's on company property. They also can't inquire, ask you questions about whether you uh, own a gun or, or carry a gun when you're not working, and they can't condition any rights of employment on your willingness to give up your Second Amendment rights in terms of what you do outside of the workplace, but they can prevent you from carrying a gun while you're doing your job, and that includes uh, in a company vehicle. All right. Thank you, Michael. Now, coming up next, Allison, is this eBuzz? Is this what it says here? eBuzz, welcome to the Hammer. Yeah, eBuzz called show. my show yeah, on he, Saturday. He called in Saturday. What's going on, eBuzz? Hey, I just wondered, okay, a couple of weeks ago, we had a uh, couple of teenagers that had stolen a car and they were running away from it and there was a bag of guns in the car with a grenade launcher well one i want to know how i can get a grenade launcher but, <laughs> but them kids would not have been wandering around carrying a bag of guns they they had to have targeted that vehicle don't you think 
Chris, did you lose your grenade launcher recently? Chris Hammer, did you lose one? I know you were missing one for a little while. Maybe somebody picked it up. Well, here's news for you. A grenade launcher actually is legal as long as you go through the NFA process. Just like for a machine gun, it's called a destructive device. And so uh, if you can find the grenades and you find yourself a grenade launcher, you can go through the NFA registration process under the National Firearms Act of 1934, uh, file your Form 4, you can buy yourself a grenade launcher, and you can have a grenade launcher. So, Chris, here's what's going to happen. Next Christmas, I'm going to give you the money. I want you to become the grenade guy. We're going to have the gun guy and the grenade guy, and you guys are going to fight crime in Indy like Batman and Robin. I think this could work right now. Oh, yeah. Here. Well, even when, when Biden goes out and says, well, you know, even back in the time the Constitution was being written, you couldn't have a cannon. Well, yeah, you could. You, you can have a cannon today. Right. You, you just have to go through the process. Great moments in canon history. I still love that first Indy 500 that Tony Katz went to, and he didn't know that they fired off a cannon oh, no. to open up the <laughs> gates, and he thought we were being bombed by the Germans at Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Great, great, great reference. James, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. We got Guy Relford here. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey. All right, here's a question. Barbershop talk we was having the other day. The question was proposed. If you're walking down the street in a neighborhood and someone uh, punches you, sucker punches you in the face, and you're legally carrying, are you allowed to shoot this person? Well, of course, I instantly said no. But then someone across the room said, well, that's felony assault. And Indiana law says if a person is in the commission of felony assault, then a felon or whatever, you know. So, well, yeah, the, what, what they're re- referring there to is you can use deadly force to prevent a forcible felony. Um, and uh, every battery, every punch uh, is not necessarily a felony battery. It depends on whether there's serious injury involved or whether a deadly weapon is used. So I would, I would not say that you can you know, use a gun anytime anybody uh, punches you. That depends on who's punching you and what other capabilities you have to defend yourself. Generally speaking, yes, you can, you can, you can use deadly force to prevent a forcible felony. In that context, what I what I teach in my classes and, and, and as it comes up in my law practice is I would need to be established that I had a reasonable fear uh, that I that I was preventing serious bodily injury to me or a third person before I can use deadly force. Every punch is not necessarily, it depends on who you are, who's punching you, uh, is not necessarily going to qualify as serious bodily injury. Now, if Mike Tyson's hitting me, sure. Um, somebody else, no. And it partly depends on how, uh, who I am and what my capabilities are. But but just to say, oh yeah, anytime anybody punches you, you can shoot them, that's a really good way to go to prison. That, that's not true in all instances. So, worst case scenario here, and I'm trying to skirt the law because that's the kind of guy I am, guy. <laughs> If someone punches you in the face, could you just immediately say, I felt my life was in danger. He said that he was going to kill me. He was going to kick my blank. And I felt like more bodily harm was going to come here. Yeah, well, there's there, there are two tests for that, because you have to have a reasonable fear of serious bodily injury. That means, I believe it. So when you said, well, I you know, I, I would say I feared he was going to kill me, I feared, that's fine, but it has to be reasonable under the circumstances. And a jury would be instructed, for instance, that a hypothetical, reasonable person under the same circumstances would have had that same belief. You can say you believe it, or actually believe it all day long, unless it's considered to be a reasonable belief, and that's based Based on, again, all the circumstances, who's hitting you, what your own capabilities are in terms of self-defense. I mean, if, if somebody's punching my 91-year-old mom, could she pull her gun and shoot him? Yes. Could I pull my gun and shoot that same person? 
much less likely. But 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 you can you can you can say you have that fear, but it has to be objectively reasonable. Let's go to Michael. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. We got Guy Relford here. Uh, hi, Guy. Uh, hey there. So I understand that uh, you can protect your yourself uh, within your vehicle if someone's trying to get in your vehicle. How about on a motorcycle? Well, that's interesting um, because the, the way the statute's written, and this is actually under the Castle Doctrine, so it, it's in the same part of the statute that says you can defend your home with deadly force. It says, I can use deadly force to either uh, to either prevent or terminate an, unla- an unlawful attack on or entry of attack on or entry of my occupied motor vehicle. So if someone attacks me while I'm sitting on my motorcycle, and I'm a Harley rider, I have been my whole life. If I'm sitting on my motorcycle and someone attacks me, could I say I'm preventing an attack of my occupied motor vehicle? Yeah, that's an argument. I, I would I would want kind of belt and suspenders to also be able to establish that I'm preventing that serious bodily injury that I just discussed with our last caller. But yeah, occupied motor vehicle is actually included within the Castle Doctrine in Indiana, but I'd, I'd want that separate argument as well. Thank you so much for all of your calls. We'll do this again next time we have the gun guy in. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford's here. Chris Hammer is here. And I can't believe they let you back. Another week with the chicks on the right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, ladies. How are you? We're great. We're doing fantastic. It was super fun last week, so we decided to come back for more. And now there's a, you know, there's a young man here. We have to behave. Who's the young man you have to behave for? Because Chris is 18. He can do all the things now, ladies. But he's a legal adult. He voted in the last primary, so score another one for the good guys, ladies. Listen to this. So my kid is going to turn 18 about two and a half weeks after the 2024 election. So I'm super mad about that. It was clearly, and I had him early, okay, but I clearly didn't have him early enough. He's going to miss out by just a couple of weeks. If you were just in the mood three weeks before, this wouldn't be a problem. Thanks a lot, Mock. Good going, Mock. (laughs) All right, so I want to talk about the uh, 2024 race here in just a moment, but let's start with this Ohio disaster, the train derailment, the explosion, the toxic chemicals. It's all over social media, and it feels like everybody is talking about this except for the people who should be, the Biden administration. And, Mock, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the Biden administration's handling of what's taking place in Ohio. Well, they're not handling it, and they don't care. And we know that for sure because Biden just went over to give hugs and kisses to his buddy Zelensky and hand him $500 million more of our taxpayer money instead of even saying word one about what's happening in Ohio. So I'm a little upset about it. <laughs> you can't tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the exact same way. He's over there, like, kissing and sniffing on Zelensky <laughs> and giving him more of our money when he should be giving money to these people in Ohio. Can you imagine being a parent in Ohio right now and, and, and 
having water in your house, like having kids and wondering, can my kids drink the water? Can they bathe in the water? Am I going to get cancer? I mean, I, I just, I would be so livid. I would be raging if I were a parent, if I were just a person living there, but let alone a parent and just wondering about the safety of my kids and about myself. But, and then this guy goes over to the Ukraine to give more of our money. He hasn't been to the Southern border here. Our country is falling apart in every single way, Jason. And then this guy has the audacity to go over and, and give more money to Ukraine when we need money here, when people here are in desperate need. He's just, he's such a jerk, this guy. <laughs> he's just failing on every level. $200 billion of taxpayer money have been sent to Ukraine, and they're not done. They're not done. They get a lot more money to give. And FEMA goes out of their way last week to say, sorry, we can't help you. Uh, have fun choking on the air. Now, FEMA's excuse was that oh there's God. nothing that we can do. They want soil tests. They want all these other things. But what about all these families that have been displaced, that chose to leave East Palestine to stay in hotels because they were breaking out in rashes, they were coughing, their pets were getting sick, the fish were dying in the the creek. I mean, that's the same thing FEMA would do for a hurricane victim or a tornado victim. Why are they giving the middle finger to these folks in Ohio? Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't I don't think they will for much longer. I mean, the last I heard, they are starting to come around about making right. some visits there. And I think that was driven only because Trump said that he was planning a visit. And so now if you've got Trump going to pay a visit, I think FEMA is feeling like, OK, well, we can't just sit back now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And- and where are all the bleeding heart environmentalists? Like all the celebrities, where are the, you know, the fundraisers, where are the telethons? Where are the people like, where are all the, you know, all of those people who are the Woody Harrelsons and all of the, you know, all these people like the, who's the guy that's the Hulk. Who's that guy that plays the Hulk? In the, in the, no, not he's the old Hulk. <laughs> the new I love we went straight Hulk to Ferrigno. Ferrigno is my forever favorite Hulk, by the way. Like if you're doing a March oh Madness God. bracket of Hulks, it's Ferrigno and then everybody else. <laughs> it's like a big Ruffalo. He's like Mr. Green oh. Machine. He's like he's the big time, you know, like all these environmentalists who are celebrities, like where are they? They they're silent about this. And these the environmentalist folks who are they're not saying a dang word and this is an environment an environmental disaster and yet they say nothing well they're very busy they're very busy um putting paint they're like splattering uh crap all over paintings they're very very busy (laughs) it's madness i can't wait for the official chicks on the right twitter account to send a mean tweet to lou ferrigno asking where the hell is he (laughs) for all the ohio help (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna don't do that oh my god is he alive is he alive now i feel terrible is he alive he's alive i believe a death of death check on him he's still with us, I believe, okay. Ferrigno right. is. Mock oh, is here. God. Daisy is here. It's the chicks thank on God. the right. Hey, Chris Hammer here. Um, so Trump was on his social media site calling Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, several names such as Meatball, DeSanctimonious. Uh, is this going to divide the Republicans <laughs> further apart and lead to us getting four more years of hair sniffer McGee? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Is. Exactly. I love, the, I love the name Meatball. I think that that's a great nickname. I think Meatball, I, I think it's endearing. I would think Meatball <laughs> McGee is even a great nickname. I think it's because the Sanctimonious wasn't what? taken off the way that he thought it would. So he has to go to something else. Does he like Meatballs? Like, what? I don't even know. Like, there has to be a reason for it. Because, I mean, Trump isn't, 
he's not willy nilly about his nicknames. Usually there's a reason behind it. And I don't understand what the I need to know why he calls him meatball. But it feels like he's getting a little lazy, though. Like in the past, when Donald Trump would give somebody a nickname, it was done from a counter puncher's position because somebody was bashing him. So he responded. Elizabeth Warren was running her mouth. Oh, okay, Pocahontas, you want to have a conversation? Let's have a conversation. He was always that counter puncher. And I think that resonated with people. Now he's going on the offensive against other Republicans. And it feels like that base of Donald Trump, which was once really big, might be getting smaller by the day because of crap like this. Exactly. And I don't know. I mean, this is what we say on our show every day, and we get a lot of fact for it. We get a lot of the only Trumpers who come out and they're like, nobody else can nobody else can fix the country. He's the only one. And my point has always been just what you said, Jason, which is that he's losing support. He's not gaining new supporters. He might be hanging on to some of the really devout only Trumpers, but he is not making his circle any bigger. And so I I don't know. I mean, polling is all over the place still. It's showing him still leading DeSantis, who hasn't even entered the race. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like the more people get into the primary, the easier it's going to be for him to clinch the nomination. And then I think he has no chance of winning. I'm a little worried about young people, though, because I did a speaking last week and uh, we talked about this a little bit on our show and where it was it's college girls. And the college, at least the college girls that I talked to, they were really into Trump. They were not as into DeSantis as I thought that they would be. Um, and so the, the kids who are just maybe a little bit older than Chris, I feel like they're still really into Trump. Maybe they haven't seen DeSantis's Navy form picture. Maybe the girls haven't. And if they saw that. Well, Chris, your friends, like your conservative friends, Chris, do they are they still on the Trump train or do they not know about DeSantis? Because maybe not everybody's in the weeds Mm. as we all are. You know, we know DeSantis. We know everybody else to the 18 year olds, to the Mm -hmm. 19 year olds. Do they know who DeSantis is? Uh, What I've seen is about half of them do and half of them don't. And the ones that do know who DeSantis is are in on him they want him to win and the ones that don't know who DeSantis is are just Trump all the way so it's brand recognition really at this point which you would think would change if eventually gets in we got to get him out we got to get him out there in his uniform (laughs) that's what it is that's what it is (laughs) last thing before we let you ladies go I know this was a very big deal on social media over the weekend make sure you're sitting down for this Tiger Woods handed his buddy a tampon And the world went crazy. Buildings were burning. Cats and dogs (laughs) living together. It was anarchy. How horrible of a person was Tiger Woods for handing his friend a tampon? Zero. (laughs) He's horrible for apologizing for it. Thank you. That's what makes him horrible. I can't say it was a witch. Can I say that? A witch. Because <laughs> I know I can the other thing, but that's what it was. He he needs a tampon after that apology. When we worked with you, we would say that to you guys. We'd be like, oh, my God, you need a tampon. Like, <laughs> this is why we liked working with dudes. We liked working with dudes because dudes didn't get offended by stuff. And now guys are getting like he need he needed to just get up and say I'm or just not say anything. He needed to not address it. He needed to not apologize because the more that people kowtow to this woke mob, the more they win. And I hated they did that. Why do that? 
Now, wait a minute. Everybody on ESPN says that if you are a woman, you have to be offended by this because Tiger Woods was clearly trying to say <laughs> women are not as strong as men. Here's a tampon to somebody he outdrove. You're telling me you're not offended and ESPN mm-hmm. is lying to me? Huh. That's correct. I'm not, not offended. They all need tampons. They all need like super, super plus deodorant tampons. The kind of tampon that like my wife has to send me a picture of if I have to go to the store because I'll never remember what it is. So I need to match the picture <laughs> right. up with what I'm trying to buy. The gentle, the, gentle, the gentle applicator. That's what you need. I don't know the what gentle, that means. Gentle glide applicator. Gentle I got nothing. Glide. I got nothing. Right. I have no we'll idea what you, that we'll means. We'll send you a picture. <laughs> Please don't. We'll, we'll send you a picture, Jason. Uh, right. Ladies, <laughs> Mock and Daisy, the chicks on the right, where can we find more of your amazing work? Chicksontheright.com slash links. That's where all of our stuff is. It's so awesome having you back. The response was great on social media. Man, thank you so much. We'll do this again next Monday. So happy to do it. Thanks, Jason. See ya. Thanks, Chris. No problem. The Hammer and Nigel (laughs) Show. We're coming back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIBC. I'm Jason Hammer. We got Guy Relford here. Chris Hammer also filling in today. How was it working with the old man today? Did you have fun? Yeah, I did have fun. Uh, it's impressive to see how much you can drink throughout the day during at your job. <laughs> well, the thing is, is now you're the designated driver. Right. Because you're old enough to drive, but you're not old enough to drink. So guess what? You'll be hauling <laughs> my fat ass around. That's part of it. All these years Figures. of paying for your food and your shelter, I don't think it's asking too much, to be honest with you. Uh, have we made any progress on trying to find you a prom date, by the way? Not at the moment. We have not. So what's the social media handles again? Uh, on Twitter, it's at HammerTime1417. And then on Instagram, it's at Chris HammerTime. Now, you are just looking for a date for prom. We're not talking about a relationship. Right, correct. We're not talking about any of that kind of stuff. Just one night, St. Elmo's, a prom, a driver, to, you know, take care of everything, and that's all we're looking for. Correct. All right, so slide into those DMs, <laughs> and uh, we'll see if we can make something happen. It is President's Day, and throughout the day, we've been talking about uh, U.S. presidents and great moments and speeches. This blows my mind. And we've talked about this before, but it's still fascinating. The 10th United States president, John Tyler, who was born 233 years ago in 1790, still has a living grandchild. Not a great, 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 great grandchild, a grandchild. My man had like 15 kids, and then his son had a bunch of kids. They all had kids late. So we've got Harrison Tyler, still alive today. Harrison Ruffin Tyler, born in 1928, living grandson of John Tyler, the 10th United States president. That blows my mind. So before we uh, hit top of the hour here, I think what we need right now, Chris, is one more edition of Great Moments in Presidential Speeches. Great Moments in Presidential Speeches. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Great moment. <laughs> yes, sir. In presidential speeches. We will not be fooled again. You got one more hour in you, kid? 
Yeah. Let's do it. We got one more hour to go. Updates on what happened at the Indiana State House coming up. Do not go anywhere. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.